Oh, good IT. How are we? Episode 18. Yeah, I know. Can you believe we've come this far? Happy 18th. <laughs> Happy 18th. Now I get to drink. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, drink away. Well, last week we spoke about prophecy. Um, this week we're going to move on and we're going to talk about God. And you yeah, know, yeah, just that small little topic, right? God. A small, yeah, just small little topic. And who knows what we'll uncover? Who knows what we'll talk about? God is such a, a broad, broad thing. And really, I mean, if you to look at the whole being a teenage fundamentalist, it's all pegged on what? It's pegged on God. So this concept, what is it? What What's it involve? I mean, it, there's a lot in it, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, remembering that what we're doing in this in this series is talking about what we believed then and what we thought then. So I think, you know, whilst, you know, we may touch a little bit on on where we've sort of evolved to, it's, this is going to be more about God as a teenage fundamentalist. Yeah, definitely. And, um, the, you know, it, it, it has sort of, it's caused me to think a little bit more, this one, I think, because it's, it's something that I think you just take for granted. You're talking about God, you know, it's this concept, but what exactly does that involve? What does it mean? What does what do you identify God as? Um, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to actually think about and dig down into. Um, but before we do kick into that, I guess let's let's just remind people about our Facebook page and our Twitter page as well. Or oh, Twitter, not not a Twitter page. What do you refer to a Twitter as? It's a Twitter handle, dude. A Twitter handle. See, this is why I have you here. Many other reasons, but. I would never know it's called a bloody handle. What a ridiculous thing. We used to talk about handles on CB radio back in the 80s. Watch your handle. Um, can't even remember what my handle was, but I had a handle. We've got a lot of people involved. We're getting more and more people involved, actually, over the, the last few weeks. We have a closed group, as we have spoken about, and that is to give people, I guess, a sense of protection. It's not for us to vet who comes in. It's just to make sure that we actually give people a, a place where they can actually say what they want and it, it doesn't go outside that group. We do ask for respect of when people might some, put something up that, that you might not necessarily agree with. And I think we've seen people play nice. It's It's been good. It, I think it's a really good environment. Yeah, exactly. And I think as long as people don't evangelise or, you know, troll and get nasty, come on in. Come yeah, on in. that's right. Let's keep it with that spirit of whoever wants to be there come inside. So, mate, I want to ask you, before you joined the religion, before you joined fundamentalism, what was your view of God? Ah, look, it's interesting. I think we've spoken about this, and I spoke about it a bit in my conversion story, that my concept of God was, it certainly wasn't a personal thing, I guess, pre-church. It was very much, it was a concept. It was God was out there, you could feel God, or there was a God, there was a being which had um, had an influence in the everyday. Didn't really know what that meant. It was, I guess it was a, a sense of spirit. It was very much about a, a spiritual type thing, but I couldn't peg it as a person, I guess. Back then it was it was very conceptual. God lived in and throughout, and um, the Mother Earth type concept, I guess, is is where I came from. How about you? Well, interestingly, no, I, I was the opposite of that because I, you know, I was given a children's Bible as a kid and there were, you know, there were pictures in it. And so yeah. I had this, I very much had this view of God being an old guy on a throne, 
uh, with a big grey beard, somewhat grumpy even. Mm. I remember looking at sort of the pictures of um, the Garden of Eden and them being, you know, kicked out of the Garden of Eden um, in, in this children's Bible that I had. And, and God was a was a pretty grumpy bastard in, in those pictures. And so I, I definitely had this idea of, I guess it's kind of more like Zeus, that you've got yeah. this all-powerful old guy sitting on the throne. But I had no idea of of things like concepts like Trinity, you know, that there was a Holy Spirit or that Jesus was divine. I always had this idea that Jesus was just the son of God. Um, so he was somehow less than God. That's the way I sort of saw it. But that being said, I didn't think about it all that much. No, and I don't think I did. I mean, as as we've spoken about before, I didn't grow up in a religious space at all. Interestingly, at, at school, we had religious education and um, it was something that was done quite independently of anything else. And I remember you had to choose a side. It was either you went Christian or Catholic in the group that you split off into. I had no idea. So I just went, oh, I'll go Christian. And it was the local Baptist that delivered that one. It was probably a year or two later in primary school that I actually remember a conversation with my parents and saying something about religious education. They said something about us being Catholics. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Um, I, apparently, I should have been in the Catholic group, but they didn't care either because it meant nothing to them. Uh, of my siblings, I was the only one to grow up and not have any any contact with the church, any involvement with the church. Mum and Dad went as as Catholics, I guess, just went along habitually until um, my next sibling down was maybe about three, four years old, and I didn't come along until three or four years after that. So I had zero exposure to what it meant to see God in any particular way. And so did you ever pray as a, as a child, like before joining Great Big AOG? No, no. I, I think I remember in this religious education class, I remember them praying. I remember just looking around going, oh, what the hell are you doing? Um, I had no idea what it meant. As I've, I've said before in other episodes too, I had mates I grew up with that, that went to church, um, both Baptist and Catholic churches. They were never involved in that religious side of it. I think they just went there because they had uh, their family going there. So I, I didn't have any exposure to anything um, in terms of religion, organised religion, that is. See, we were we were baptised. My mother had us baptised as infants in the Anglican Church, but then we never went ever. I think I had more exposure to friends of mine that were Catholic who because they did go. And so I knew more about the Catholic Church than I did about the Anglican Church. But I do remember being a young kid and actually praying to God. Um, I used to say my prayers, um, but it was just me. It wasn't uh, maybe my mother taught me how to pray. I don't know. But I do remember when I was a teenager, actually one day lying in bed late at night and I said out loud, God, if you're there, show yourself and show me what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, you know, what what's real. And yeah. I did actually pray that as a kid before I joined the Revival Centre. And wow. for, yeah, and so for what it's worth, don't know how well that prayer was actually answered. Yeah, all by what God. Who knows? <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. But it's it like, God, show me the way I should go, and then years in a cult. Yeah, there was, there was, it was good the Revival Centre God was listening to you and showed you the way. So that's a great thing. I look, look, for me, it, it, it's when I think more back about that, like I just I had no idea about uh, a concept of God. 
absolutely none. There was no construct for me, I think, which was in some sort of way when I look back, it was slightly freeing. Mm, sure. Well, when I, when I joined the Revival Centre, the, the concept of God in there, of course, you know, it, it's it's a religious group. So, you know, God was everything. But like you were saying, it wasn't very well defined, even yeah. though it's supposed to be what this is all about. Nobody really defined it very well. And when thinking about this episode and what I was going to say, I thought, I've got these impressions, you know. So I want to talk a little bit about what God was like for me in the Revival Centre. And the first thing I want to say is that God was like a great big cop, a great big yeah. policeman in the sky. And, and that's who God was. Whereas Jesus in the Revival Centre, he was like a distant secondary figure. We didn't speak about him very much at all. Mm. And then the Holy Spirit was like this impersonal force that regenerated us, saved us, gave us the gift of tongues. And then we yep. didn't have much to do with that either. And so they talked about having a relationship with God but not in the same way we did in the AOG. But they talked about having a relationship with God, but I didn't know what that meant, even though I was in that group for years. Because to me, God was up there, out there, watching, waiting to catch me out for all the things that I did wrong. And so to me, the Revival Centre God was totally about judgment. I obviously didn't have that that exposure, um, but I saw it a little bit similar, I think, coming into church myself, that I, it was, I, I guess the concept of God was God was watching you. God was watching every move you made. He was worried about everything you did um, and interested in every single thing that you did. So it was that overshadowing God, you know, that, that one that... Um, was there every step of the way, but there was a sense of judgment behind that that I always felt. Whereas Jesus, which we'll talk more about Jesus in the next episode, so I won't dig into it much, but um, yeah, Jesus was seen as that grace figure, that one that would show you love. You know, it was that move from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Jesus was the personification of the Old Testament God. I guess that's one point to pick up. The personification bit was the first time when I come into the church, it was the first time I'd seen God as a person um, rather than a, a concept or a, um, a a being. So that was quite different for me as well. Yeah, well, I think when I, you know, came into the AOG, it was far more defined than it yeah. was in the revival centres. So officially they were Trinitarian, the AOG. Yeah. So that was, you know, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. But I want to throw something out to you because whilst officially it was Trinitarian, three persons, one God, my mm. experience was I basically dealt with it as three gods. There was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they were not the same. And I didn't think they were quite one either. How did you feel about that or think about that? I agree. When I prayed, I would pray to one of them. Um, so it was, wasn't as if I was praying to one that had three parts, I was praying to either the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. And I often heard it explained to me, because you'd say to people, oh, how do you explain the Trinity? What What's the deal with this? It's such a mystery. And it was the old, you may remember the analogy better than me, but it was like water. Water can take different um, forms. It can be ice, it can be steam, it can be water that is wet. Um, you know, so it, but it was all the one thing. It was the same concept, but it was all in one. I never got that. I, I didn't understand it. I still saw them as three distinct entities, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. That's what I mean. Like, you know, when we studied Trinitarianism at Bible college or even, you know, talked about it outside of Bible college, it was definitely something that we gave lip service to. But the way that I actually lived out my faith was it was three gods. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting. What was the um, what was the subject at Bible college that we did on spirit? Pneumatology? Pneumatology was the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Spirit. So, and even that, when you, you talked about pneumatology, you're talking about a concept of a particular aspect of God, or is it an identity of God? You know, do, God's identifying in different ways, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. Really complex. Um, and I'm, I don't think, even though I think the AOG went to a point of trying to describe that, trying to unpick it, try to... Um, I guess, get people to understand it. I, I, I mean, I was in that scene for, what, 10, 12 years. I'd, none the wiser coming out. When I thought about God, if you said to me, okay, let's talk about God, and even now, I would think about the Father. That, yep. That's, that's to me, that was the the big God, the, the biggest God, the daddy God. You know, that was the, the biggest of the three. And so definitely to me, I think about God being the Father so when I would go into like praise and worship and these kinds of things, and I would praise God, you know, whether it was singing or raising of hands and all that, I would often visualize the throne okay. and, you know, heaven and, you know, there's all the angels around. Like that's kind of what I did. And to me, that's who I was praising. That's who I was worshiping. Yeah. Was God. And then, of course, you would at this, then you'd sort of switch channels and now you're going to praise Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to, you know, sing and, you know, thank you, Jesus, for all you did and all that kind of stuff. Or even when you're praying and praising. But it was still a step down. I sort of felt always in, in, in the way that I sort of lived it and or the way that I sort of engaged it. He was sort of a step down. He was sort of less than the father. And then you had this thing, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this in, in prepping for this episode as well, that considering we actually believed the Holy Spirit lived inside us. Yeah. practically, it was always on the outside. I was always yeah. calling out to it. I was always looking up to it. I was never actually thinking, oh, this thing is inside me. You know, and like we were talking before about, you know, God watching you, you know, or Jesus watching you masturbate or whatever it is, the things that you were doing that was wrong. Never ever thought, oh, you know, he's actually inside me. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a good point. I feel slightly dirty thinking about it, but... Um... <laughs> Uh, I think I think you're right, but I don't think that you know the Old Testament didn't help in trying to unpick this either, because God in the Old Testament was always he was fire or he was mist or he was whatever, but he wasn't actually seen. There was only one um, person that has ever seen that you know the the glory of God and his face or whatever. But Everybody through the Old Testament, it, he was a concept. He was, he was mist. He was fire. He was whatever. So I, I think it was very difficult then for the AOG or Pentecostal scene to be able to do anything but just concentrate on Jesus and that personification because you could actually picture him and see him. So it was. I think that's why there was so much emphasis on Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it was something that you could tangibly think about. I mean, it was God incarnate in the form of a man. And yep. and then there was the whole, you know, the story of Jesus and his death and resurrection, but, which, you know, maybe we should get into that in our next episode. Yeah. But, but what about your relationship with God? What sort of relationship with God did you have as a fundamentalist or as a Pentecostal? 
lot of focus on hearing his voice and understanding his voice and knowing his voice. So um, it was often referred to as discernment. How do you discern what is the voice or the voice of the world or an interruptive voice that is trying to interrupt God speaking into your life as opposed to the voice of God? So, you know, there was a lot of a lot of trying to understand how that worked. And it was really, again, it was looking about what were the sort of things that God would speak to you because they're the bits that will identify that it's God speaking to you, anything else, um, and it's not God. But those constructs are something that are put together by whatever denominational group that you're mixing in. So it really is only created within the box that you're, you're living in at the time. Are you ever hearing the voice of God if you if you look uh, you know running down that rabbit hole? So so what do you mean hearing the voice of God, right? What what does that mean? You're, you're hearing a voice? Are you schizophrenic? What's what's going on there? Well, some would argue I I am, but um, I think some of it it's not a a hearing. It's not an audible thing. It's a knowing. It's a sense, um, and it's sometimes it might be referred to as intuition. I guess by a lot of people, it might be um, the fact that you are sensing something that is right, something that is all that it's overwhelming um, that you cannot ignore, and that was like it was the the voice of God, you know. And quite often that would tie into prophecy because you would talk about that and go, "God is telling me to." I am sensing God is saying, and it would run into that space. So. Um, so it was a two-way street. So you would talk to God and God would talk back, but not necessarily with words, but sometimes be when we were in there. Sometimes mm-hmm. he would speak with words, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you would hear a word. All I'm hearing, and, and this is where it, it's a fine line between that and things like clairvoyance, because it'll be like there's a word I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing a word. You know, God is saying to me, blue shoes, um, you know, <laughs> blue shoes. Uh, He's saying, blue shoes, don't step on the suede ones. (laughs) That's right. Um, But, uh, yeah, it it was those similarities. We we call it out. We try and get a connection and we go, are we right? Um, But for me, like the hearing God uh, was always a sense. It was, I feel I'm on the right track. It was a feeling. It was a sense. It was, um, and way before church, I mean, and, and to this day, I rely on my intuition a lot um and whether that is a concept of god or whether it's a concept of a greater spiritual awareness who knows but the reality is i feel um i tap into some sort of intuition there's been a lot written on intuition of late like when i say of late like in the last sort of 20 years where people say that intuition is actually parts of our consciousness that's actually speaking to us about things that we know and so usually we can trust our intuition around topics that we know a lot about we can't trust our intuition so much around things that we don't know a whole lot about right so i think there's definitely a lot of scientific basis and even you know things coming out of psychology and and science around the idea of intuition yeah but within church for me there was a lot of anxiety around hearing the voice of God and about, you know, making sure that I'm on the right track and making Mm. sure that God is happy with me and happy with where I'm going. And I think when we talk about God, especially from a, you know, from an evangelical sense or from a Pentecostal sense, you can't escape the fact that it was about trying to keep this thing happy. Yeah. Yeah. There was a fear associated, wasn't there? 
fear. Yeah. And and I think it was, you know, some of that concept was a warrior god. You know, it was a it was a god who would go in to defend his people. Um, Remember, so, our god is an awesome god. He reigns. Anyway, I, I was just putting my hands up. Yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Moving on, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's, hold on, I've got a word for you. Um, I, I, but I think it, it is. It, it, it was such a confusing time of, of trying to understand, like, what is God? Who is God? And who and is this God? What does God want from you? Well, that's right. He just wants obedience, brother. That's all he wants. He wants obedience. Where I think some of that, that's where some of that fear tapped into that space too. Hearing us, right, talking about God the Father, God the Son, there's very easy, very easy to differentiate those two. One is this yep. sort of spirit, floaty in heaven, whatever. One is the one that came down. He has a body, albeit a spiritual body now, whatever. But here's my question, and this is one I used to always struggle with. What's the difference between God the Father and the Holy Spirit? Ah. <sighs> Look, who knows? Um, what's the difference between any, any of them? But um, look, it's a good question, and I've I've never, from memory, I've never been asked that one before. And um, I wish you had given me a heads up on it. But because um, they're both spirit, right? Like Jesus is sort of confined to a body, yeah. but these two, nah. Mm, yeah, that, that's right. They could have rationalised and just had the two. Yeah, exactly. Why they go for three? Yeah, they could have had a, a, a dichotomy rather than a trinity. Uh, it's just way too much. Effort. But you know why they couldn't? Because, and like, let's not get stuck into, you know, church history and debate. It's because the Bible seems to differentiate between God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit was very much, um, certainly in the Pentecostal scene, it was, it was very much about those gifts, wasn't it? It was about the gifts, you know, prophecy and tongues and all those sort of, sort of things. And I always found... Um, you know, wisdom was associated with the Spirit too, but was it the Holy Spirit or was it God? I don't know. Yeah, well, there was this baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about that mm -hmm. when we talked about speaking in tongues, but you get baptised in the Holy Spirit, um, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, the Holy Spirit lives within you. So mm -hmm. on one hand, he's all over you and he's anointing you, and on the other hand, it's living inside you and regenerating you and changing you, um, but that's not the Father and it's not the Son. No, and it was um, always has and always will be sort of thing. So it was what came first. Well, all of them were always there, you know, is what we're always told. There wasn't a time where they, they split off and God went, you know, and I, I need a couple of mates, so we've got to create Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It was always there. Um, and that pre was very is the term, the theological term. They were pre-existent, brother. Pre-existent, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I think it was, there was always that sense of, of the warrior God, the fear um, that I felt from the concept of God. Um, and Jesus was the gateway to grace. So do you did you feel that you had a relationship with God in that you loved God? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and for me, it was all about how you created this, everything around us, you created it. Um, for me, you know, I took it very personally. It was, thank you, God, that you've created this for me. Thank you, God, for opening doors here and there and whatever. Yeah. Thank you, God, for Jimmy Barnes and Cole Chisel. Oh, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did grow out of Chisel and, and Barnsey and went far, far more alternative. But that was, um, yes, definitely in the 80s. It was um, Jesus, Baguette, Barnsey. 
Jesus, Jesus Baguettes. That sounds like a name for a, a Christian cafe. I, I want to come back to this idea, right, that that we had we were told to have this relationship with God. And I can remember leaving the Revival Centre, coming into the AOG, and everyone was talking about loving God. And these people really seemed to live it. They seemed to really genuinely love God. And you would see them in praise and worship with their hands, you know, clasped and their eyes closed and looking up and just, you know, adoring this yeah. this thing that they and, and and I was too. A hundred percent I was too. And and I I believe that I really genuinely had a relationship, whether this thing was real or not. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not gonna say that it, it wasn't, but yeah. whether it was real or not, I had a relationship with this with this construct or with this literal God. Hundred percent I did. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't had enough exposure to the other denominations to go, was it a relationship with the construct that we were exposed to and others had a relationship with the construct that they were? Because I wonder, you know, and people out there, I mean, who come from very different walks of life and different religious experiences, did you have a relationship with the concept of God that you had created or your community had created? Yeah, well, I, I had a lot to do with Mormons when I was still in evangelicalism. I had a lot to do with Mormons because I decided I was going to learn about them and, and win them all to Jesus, right? Because even though they had Jesus, even though they had Father, even though they had the Holy Spirit, it wasn't the same ones. So yeah. someone had decided and told me that, and that was the case. Um, but the way they talked about God, you know, they would talk about Heavenly Father and the way they talked about Jesus and the way they talked about their relationship with the Holy Spirit, very similar to the way we spoke. But yeah. when you when you dug into the pictures of what they claimed to believe, they were somewhat different to us. They weren't Trinitarians, but yet they claimed to have this relationship with God and this relationship with Jesus and same as mm. us. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, it was, and I remember working with um, Jehovah's Witnesses um, who were hellbent, well, probably the wrong, wrong term to use, but they were certainly um, very keen on converting everybody to the Jehovah's Witness faith. And their concept of God, yet again, was very different. It was very Old Testament-centric uh, in the yeah, way very, that they spoke. Very judgmental, you're right. They, they had that 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 God that just wants to destroy everything, right? And But yeah. it's not just Old Testament, but... I mean, revelation, you know, you know, lakes of fire and and all that kind of stuff. I think sometimes we had it sort of peddled to us that the God of the Old Testament was fire and brimstone and judgment. Um, yeah. And then the God of the New Testament was love and Jesus and, you know, death and resurrection. But really, there is no concept of hell in the Old Testament. That's mm. it's entirely a New Testament thing. So the idea of this judgment God of judgment certainly is there in the Old Testament, but very present in the New Testament too. And this mm. God of grace in the Old Testament, but very present in the New Testament as well. So I, I think sometimes we used to think about, you know, God the Father, he was Old Testament, and then God yep. the Son, he was New Testament, and he was, you know, a little bit more gracious, a little bit more loving. But actually, mm. you know, hell, brimstone, fire and brimstone, book of Revelation, that's all New Testament, dude. Yeah, true. A lot of judgment sitting there in the New Testament. There's no doubt about it. And a lot and you know, a lot more scriptures that you can twist there too. So and people did that a lot. So did you believe when you were a fundamentalist that mm. God loved you? Yeah, I did. Um actually believed that he loved me so much that he gave his only son to die. So I didn't have to. That's how much I actually thought that God loved me. And 
I've, I've felt a sense of love. And I've said this before, I, I felt a sense of love and acceptance from the community of uh, Pentecostalism, the great big AOG. I felt that love and I felt that that was a reflection of God. So you did feel judgment as well. And there were certainly judging eyes looking upon you. But I think overwhelmingly, um, a God of love was presented to me. Um, there certainly was judgment, there was fear, there was worry of God that wanted to stomp on the heads of those who uh, went against him. But overwhelmingly, there was a God of love. So did you ever stop to think about why God would create so many people and then damn them to hell? Like, why create them at all if they're going to spend an eternity suffering? Did you Did you ever think about that when you were in the church? I did. I thought about it a lot. And a, a lot of people um, in my life that weren't um, of the same Christian persuasion would would often ask me that. They would go, how can you believe in this loving and graceful God who sends people to hell, sends people to a place where they will suffer for eternity just because they don't follow him or follow his son? Like, how can you actually think that? I struggled with that. I couldn't answer that. All I all I kept saying was, oh, well, the path to that is Jesus. Just believe in Jesus and it'll, everything will be okay. So I'd brush over it. Um, how did you deal with that? Well, I think, you know, remembering that I brought a lot of baggage with me from the revival centres. Yeah. So I, I struggle with that a lot. I struggle mm-hmm. a lot with getting it right with God. And I think, yeah. and I said this before when I talked about my leaving the revival centre, that partly why I came into big, great big AOG was because I wanted to get right with God. I didn't yeah. want to end up in hell. I didn't want to miss out on, you know, on all the good things and especially end up in a really bad place. So I always had this relationship with God that I've got to do the right thing, say the right thing, be the right thing, think the right thing. So that way I'm in, I'm yeah. in with God and then I'm not going to hell. Yeah. So that was a huge motivator for me. Mm. Yeah, and look, I think I'd probably have to agree that, you know, it was a big motivator for me and I didn't want to go to hell. I mean, that was that was one of the things that was definitely put to me when I decided to become a Christian was it was all about the fact that um, I wasn't in a terribly unhappy place in my life. Um, obviously, you know, going through that teenage angst um, that everybody does at, at 17, but I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to go to a place where it was going to be eternal suffering, that it was going to be... Uh, a separation from this love that I was talking uh, taught about, I guess. Yeah, when I look back now and I just think, from from the perspective I look at now, I think it's actually really sad that there was a lot of anxiety around pleasing God and making sure that I was, you know, in, we used to say, make sure that you're right with God. Jumping through the hoops, as much as we would give lip service to, you know, we're saved by grace through faith, from sort of Romans and the whole sort of Reformation, Lutheran sort of perspective, really we had to continually maintain that relationship with God. And as long as we did that, then we're in in his good books. But the other thing too, you know, look, by the way, we're coming to the end of, um, of our time, but I just wanted to also point out that it's a lot of he and him. Talk yes. about, you know, the modern pronouns at the end of your signature file, but there's a lot of he and him when we talk yep. about God. You know, that he's a father and that he's a he and and that was it. Yeah, which is interesting because, as I've said, I believed in more of a universal approach um, well before my time in church. And it was also always like Mother Earth. 
um, you know, it was a very much a female concept or a uh, a non-identified uh, object. I, I wasn't really hung up on whether it was a he or she. It was only when I reflect when I came into the church that that was that was the um, the, the male form was God, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, speaking of the male form, next week we're going to talk about Jesus. Yeah. We're going to focus more on, on Jesus and probably some of these topics will sort of flow into that as well as we talk about that because, you know, officially, according to the to the Pentecostal scene, he is God. So, yeah, so why don't we um, put a pin in this one and next week we'll come back and talk more about, about God but more focusing on Jesus. What do you reckon? Sounds good. Consider the pin firmly put in this one. Cool, mate. I'll see you next week. See you then.